Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Wayne Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the venerable TheOutdoorLine.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. 30 days, half September, April, June, and November, which is the most obnoxious way I could possibly make the point that it is now October. But on the weather scale, I think we're kind of stuck on July. It's going to be 79 today, 80 tomorrow, 74 on, on no Monday. No precip for the next, the 10-day forecast looks pretty dry, but that's that's fine. I, I hate it. I hate it. It's well, no, no, there's not a lot to hate about it right now, let me tell you, because we were talking about elk hunting. By the way, the muzzleloaders go in the field this morning, October 1st through the 7th, and we know a bunch of folks out chasing elk this morning. The stable weather is really good for elk hunting. No, it's we're, really good for elk hunting, well, but it's it's... I'm slipping into a depression. I need some. Sure? I need some weather. <laughs> well, Joey's yeah. Joey's drying we'll out. We'll get you some Joey's help after out. the show. Doctor Love will be in a little bit later. We'll get you hooked up with Doctor Love. Uh, what crabbing opens today? Yeah. Hear that? Back back That's to crab news there, and uh, we're going to have some clam digs coming up here too. We just had a three right day in, opener yeah. on the coast. Toxin levels are falling off. Um, it's closed right now, but we got some new dates here. You'll hear about that in the Northwest Outdoor Report later. Uh, we've got some bobber fishing for kings going on down in Tillamook. We got Nick Pop of jumping on here from Addicted Fishing in just a few minutes to talk about that, right? They just do such a great job at Addicted. I I, I mean... They do. They're they're very strong on the video front, Um, you know, basic technique stuff. They develop and and market their own products to accommodate and facilitate the techniques that they teach. So, you know, they really got it going on. It's a bunch of sharp guys and, and... you know, and spending some time on the phone um, this week with Nick Popoff, who's going to join us this morning from Tillamook Bay. In my clinical opinion, this guy has a freaking terminal case of fishitis, man. Oh, he's time. got his jet sled. He's got his drift boat. He can't wait till it starts raining. He's been doing it forever. He has, and you know, and just grew up doing it. Every, so every, he's he's on the water right now, and, getting ready to take take a guided trip out this morning with some and, dudes on the boat. And one of the reasons he's going to join us is the Sportco Third Annual yeah. Addicted Bash coming up here on the twelfth, the twelfth of October. Yep. You got to be at Sportco at five. Because, uh, you know, him and Marlon and the rest of the guys, uh, Cameron Black, are all going to be there. It's going to be a great seminar as we transition from fall saltwater fisheries up into the rivers. Yeah, for sure. That, and that's going to be uh, part of the show here this morning is the fact that this coho run is now kind of pushing up into the rivers here despite the the warmest and driest July and August we've had in many eventually parts of they, western Washington. Eventually they record. have to swim up river. And they're they're coming up river. Oh, I talked yeah. to Jason Brooks yesterday. He was on one of the coastal streams. There's no water. There's, no, there's just none. nothing. No. And here comes the schools of coho pushing up. You know, it looks like a rapid coming. <laughs> but those are fish pushing yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, yeah. the wake's going over their backs. He said it was crazy how many fish are pushing up some of those coastal streams. No question. Uh, we also have Mark Iwasa jumping on from WDFW at 7 o'clock with his regional roundup. He's got his finger on the pulse of everything, everything. in the state. Uh, you know, razor clams, crabbing, silver salmon, both in the sound and the rivers, and then some east side opportunity as well. 
Uh, Mark's going to jump on at 7 o'clock, talk about that stuff. And our good friend Shondi Campbell just got back from an epic, epic, epic caribou hunt in Alaska with her girlfriends, uh, some gals that I know really well. Uh, Browning hunt up there. They flew in into the backcountry up there, uh, up in the Arctic, and hunted by themselves, and they had one heck of a trip. So she's going to come on at 725 and talk about that, as well as some other stuff going on at Browning. Uh, she had an interesting encounter with a grizzly bear uh, with a backpack did. full of meat coming mm-hmm. out of the mountains up there. Uh, just a great gal. I got a chance to talk to Shonda yesterday for quite a while on the phone. I think you did too, Joe, and, and uh, we're looking forward to talking to her at 725. I have I have FOMO so bad over caribou and the fact that Shondi wouldn't call me back yesterday, and everybody shot a caribou except for us. Yeah, at least well, she shot a bear, okay? You know, so that, that, that definitely counts. Yeah, well, so, I'm going to go try to shoot another bear. I know tomorrow. you are. I know you are, but which real, kind of kills me because Bowie Ten's open. Today's that, the Bowie, today's the Bowie right. opener. Yeah. It's like, what the yeah. hell is going on? I know, it's I saw that now. Degrees. I was like, oh, Ooh, man. Gosh. How cool would it be to be One, down there at Bowie Ten right now? And there's there's probably nobody there. Three fish limit, you get a Chinook, which you mm-hmm. would catch, right? Yeah, you get two and, coho. And two coho. Two hatchery coho. I know, right? but it's October. You just can't do it, right? But it's going to be flat, calm, and absolutely gorgeous. I, I, I'm going to try to get one more tuna trip in this week, or, or a tuna trip in, you know, mm-hmm. where, and everybody else is trying for one more. I'm going to try to freaking do that. But then after that, it's, it's absolutely game over. It's, it's, so it's turning, turning the Duckworth for duck boots. Well, we, we, we came in the show with Joe complaining about this beautiful weather oh, no. we're having, but you got to take advantage it's of not, it. It's not that bad for no. this elk hunt, this muzzleloader hunt that kicks off today yeah. up in the high country. Man, the stable weather is perfect. It just lets those elk progress right into the rut here. And, and Joe, you've got some buddies, some mutual friends of ours that are oh, out chasing elk right now. They're, and they're texting me right now, and, and those bulls are screaming. It's happening up there. And, and so many times, I've, I've normally I do this October muzzleloader hunt. That's kind of my normal elk hunt. And we get these little flurries of fall weather poking up in, in September, you know. And for whatever reason, that kind of stifles the rut. And this super stable weather we've had, and then cold nights, that's what kind of kicks it off. You get that little bit of cold in the air at night, and those bulls will go nuts. And and that's what's happening up there right now. The guy said, like um, our our buddy Zach from Off Grid sent me a text last night. I was like laying in bed reading stuff, and I get this text. He goes, Oh my gosh! I almost just got trampled by a bull. You know, because they're, they're running around like crazy Is right now. Is he camping in there by himself? He's in there by himself. How right do you now. even just, sleep? No, they scream just, all night. Dude, all if, night. If, you don't. You, you just don't lay sleep. there. You lay just lay there, and they're like, just screaming. Yeah. It, it raises the hair on the back yeah. of your neck, gives you goosebumps from the bottom of your feet to the tip of your head, and and it is. It, it's it, you think a, a jump start, a five shot, you know, Vente mm-hmm. Americano jumps. Mm-hmm. You just it, it's just like getting plugged into a light socket. Listen, yeah. getting that close to. Those big it's one of the marquee sounds of fall. No, you know, falls here when those elk are bugling, yeah. doing their yeah. thing. It's just magical. Incredible. It's just ethereal. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I'll look up that word later, make sure I had the correct use of it. Um, so, <laughs> but but the other the other thing we're talking about to, is, and, and we're going to maybe talk about this next week or next segment, is the fact that a lot of guys have a lot of salmon in the freezer, and these type of conditions kind of lend themselves to a couple different smoked salmon recipes, and and we're gonna we're gonna kind of get into that because you know there there's so many ways to do this. 
are you a wet briner? Are you a dry briner? Are you a hot smoker? Are you a cold smoker? And, and so, you're you're all of the above. I'm trying to. You yeah, do, you do it you're, all. You're hopeless. Rob I and I, Rob, Rob and I each have a bag of cold <laughs> smoked sockeye that Nelly delivered the to pusher, us this morning. The pusher oh, gave I'm, it to us right in the parking lot. Right when we got here, <laughs> he, gave, he gave us the a little. Czar. He's like, here's a little taste. There's a taste. You'll be back. Yeah. You'll yeah, be back. Yeah, that's it. it. Well, it's just when you when you when you do it's that. Gateway. That's it. It's the gateway to the salmon czar. Gateway drug. I just want to see you guys. World OD on, on omega threes here throughout the show, so definitely be some extra. Oh, you'll you know, be back, kid. Uh, you'll be back, and and so what? What is going to be back also on Puget Sound this morning is a raft of red and white floats because um, eight one, eight two, and nine all pop back open for crabbing. I'm less excited about that than if we would have had kind of a normal precipitation regime through through September, right? And it still just knocks my head against the wall that it's October already because what really drives those crab up into the shallows is spawning carcasses washing down the alluvial fans and deltas of, of, of the rivers in that north end. When that happens, Katie bar the door because crab is open seven days a week now through the end of the year. So that's going to be interesting. When we get that first flush, not only are a bunch of fresh fish going to enter the rivers, a lot of carcasses are going to enter, descend back into Puget Sound, and those crab are going to be going nuts. But, listen, I, I still think – I was out on the shrimp boat last week, and I'm, I'm out in the middle of the night. Crab shallow, guys. <laughs> there are so are many crab. Are yeah. they scattered all over and there? So, so I, I run the, like these big three-inch vinyl flow – hoses right mm-hmm. like 600 feet so i'll have like a couple hundred feet out in the water and they're chewing and the, through your hose no, they, you know attacking your like no, sabotaging they, your your hose there's so many there, there's so many crab biting joey's hose jokes right now they're, just they're, they're attracted to the water running through it so mm. they'll back up to it and they'll be like leaning up against the hose <laughs> they're, so scratch, I'll take they're a, scratching yeah. their backs i'll take some pics of it sometime yeah. there'll be like 50 crab all piled up Hmm. And whatever it is about that water going through there, it yeah. makes noise or something. Keepers? They, Are they good size ones? Yeah, yeah. 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 Dungies? Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots cool. of them. So crabbing is going to be good. And there I think uh, we had a great, you know, crab season. There was tons of crab. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, get out there. And you can still go out there and catch your coho and, you and put your, those fresh carcasses you in your, your carcasses. There you yeah. go, man. You got you got fresh crab dinner in October. All right. Give us 90 seconds. Load up that text to 869-979-3776. That's also the Reverse Chine Hotline brought to you by Duckworth Wellcraft Northwest Boat. Text toys powered by Yamaha Outboards. 866-979-3776. Give us 90 seconds. And we are going to do a deep dive into smoking salmon next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Season 7 and the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. Welcoming aboard Cressy Door this morning, CressyDoor.com. Everything you love should be behind a Cressy Door. Um, I got a lot of stuff behind the smoker door these these days, and, and so every species of salmon, you know, prov- it, it provides a little bit different challenge to the fish smoker. If I'm trying to smoke big, thick kings, man, you got to kind of cut them into smaller chunks. But coho, even smaller chinook, but especially sockeye, lend themselves to smoking whole sides at once. And it's just a unique presentation that gives that fish a different texture and a different flavor. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think the direction we wanted to go with this was maybe this cold smoke that yeah. you pushed on us this morning, first thing, first thing in the morning here in the parking lot. And, and, and this, it, it's a different approach. I think you said it spent three or four days in the smoker, something so cold smoking. So why my, don't you run us through that drill? My first exposure to this was when I uh, was, was working for University of Washington in, in Sockeye Life History Research Camp. Spent a couple summers on the Chignik River. Um, as a research assistant, and and we used to we ate sockeye every day for thirty days, and and loved it. Could not get enough of it. And the camp had its own smoker, right? But but the but the the uh, the natives uh, the natives across from us in in, the, in Chinook Village used to used to smoke this stuff and and give it to us. And it's just amazing. They they hard salt it. So for like two hours, they'll put it in a brine or put it and just rock salt it. Then all the moisture kind of makes its own brine. Pull it out. Rinse it off, then hang it in the racks and put a cold smoke on it as it air dries. And the the process of salting it retards, retards bacterial growth. But and also, if you got the your your smoker and screened, you close the doors on this thing, put the cold smoke to it for just a couple hours of of a day, and then open the doors back up, and they'll let that stuff hang in there for a week. Um, Farther up river in the Nushigak system, I, I, I saw the, fo- the, the, the the indigenous people up there smoking it and drying it on open racks. And we've all seen those. But th- it's almost like a sausage texture to the fish, and it's just amazing. But but then you then you just get serve it in strips from, from top to bottom. I'm always in a hurry. I'm a hot smoker. It drives me nuts leaving that stuff in the smoker for four or five days doing it, but it's amazing when you get it right. It is a it's a way different texture. Yeah. Um. It. I I prefer that. Like I do too. You know. I do too. To the so many people they smoke their fish they overcook it. Well, right, yeah. and then it's dry and and it's obviously the flavor it's still good. You know, smoked fish is smoked fish. Here. It's all good, but you. You don't want to like everything. You don't want to overcook it. You and, put and too much heat to it, and it kind of ruins. People it. think they can do it in a day, and you can't even get close to it in a day. I brine it. I wet wet brine it for a day. I air dry it for a day, and then there on isn't day a three, whole lot of cooking it. that goes on with this. It's more of a curing process, hundred yes. percent. And uh, I tell you what, we got a bag of it right here, and it is delicious. If you want to learn more about this, of course, Nelly's. Uh, I mean, he's the he's the salmon czar. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram or Facebook as well. But our good friend Heather Deville up in Craig, Alaska. A.K. Moosey on Instagram, on Instagram. just yeah. does a wonderful job. They're constantly on there, her and her dad, Mike, um, highlighting how to do this stuff, how to strip out your kings and how to cold smoke. I mean, they, they've got the, like, the ultimate process on how to do this the stuff. Strip, the strip thing is such a cool presentation. It and it just looks so oh, – he, yeah. he's so good at it. Yeah. He's so fast. I'm yeah. like, dude – it would I would ruin so many fish trying to do that, and he just whips it out so quick and into the brine and beautiful, amazing. It, so, yeah, if so, you're on Instagram, I mean, we're all on there. But if, oh, yeah. if you're on there, definitely follow AK Moosey. She she highlights all this stuff and really a lot of a lot of educational videos on there on how to do this. So, but give, you, it, give it a follow. The, the the cold smoke is best done in this time of year. Not only do you have a bunch of fresh fish you can work. But you know, typically when you don't have eighty degree days in in in, in October, it's it's a good gets a good time to do it. And and that strip you discussed is after you get a fillet, you start from the head and make these really th- that you can like use a string tie together and hang in your smoker. And so when you don't lay something on racks, you hang it, then all the moisture comes off it more 
quickly because there's more more air more surface, surface air, more surface air, and also the the lengthwise presentation allows it to drip off and dry more more quickly. So something I'm going to work on too. I'll, they'll have a blog blog coming out soon discussing discussing this. But in the meantime, like you say, go to Alaska Moosey. Go check yeah, it out. Oh, yeah. Check her out. AK but Moose, uh, yeah. we need to go down to the Tillamook River right now because yeah, there's some kings swimming around in there. And, and uh, is Nick? Well, I know his seminar is going to be on bobber fishing for kings, but I bet you he's probably spinning some hair down there. Well, and how fun is it, bobber fishing kings? Oh, I know. You know, yeah. laying into one of those. See, seeing that you bobber go that down, bobber and, go and, down then and then you get a wood to him. Get a hit him hard. Oh yeah, yeah. fun. So much fun. You're going to hear the floats go down. Nick Popoff joining us next. The Outdoor Line, Seattle 10 Sports, and Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. I got just a ton of respect for the whole gang at Addicted Fishing. They got it going on from, from a fishing instruction standpoint, whether it be videos, blogs, product development. They're going to be appearing on the 12th of October at 5 p.m. at Sportco, and here to tell us all about it, is Nick Popoff of PeelTheReal.com. Good morning, Nikki. How are you, man? How we doing, guys? How we doing? Pretty good, man. What do you? What's going on down there? You down on the Tillamook? You spinning, uh, spinning herring, running spinners? What's going on? Yeah, we're doing a little bit of everything down here. We kind of that's kind of the cool part about this bay is you, you know you can you can go out towards the jaws and you can fish herring and you can stay inside and troll three sixty spinners and kind of got the Apparently you're we're kind of you're kind of in and out of service there, buddy. You must be uh, you must be behind a mountain there somewhere. But uh, so are you running spinners? Are you down at uh, up above? Are you down in the jaws? Or where about where about are you there in Tillamook Bay, buddy? Uh, we... I'm back. Oh, we got you back, Nick. Okay. We got you. We got you. Maybe we don't got him. Mm. Well, are you there? Yeah, there we, we go. got you. There All we right. go. I don't. I don't know why it, uh, my phone's cutting in and out. That's super weird. I can barely hear you guys do. Yeah. Well, just run us through the drill real quick, buddy, before we lose you again. There we go. So, basically, I'm down down at the jaws right now. I'm headed down to the jaws right now to go troll some herring, um, and then later in the afternoon, I'll actually come back up in the bay and uh, do some mm-hmm. spinner fishing. Is that tidal driven more than anything else? Where you fish Tillamook? A hundred percent. You know, I'm I'm between Tillamook and the Halen Bay, so I kind of fish them both, um, and and both of them they're very very similar. You know, that's you're kind of fixing the tides. You're you're. It's really important to know where to be and when with these fish. You know, on a big incoming, I go out to the jaws. On a big outgoing, I kind of go up the river. Um, you know, the key is to kind of fight the weeds as well. So oh boy, you're, yeah. you're trying to avoid avoid both. <laughs> <laughs> the, the eel grass flats up there. So 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 rolling herring, oh, yeah. rolling herring down in the jaws, and then spinners up in the shallow water, up past the ghost hole, and all that. Yeah, and I'm actually right now. I'm actually uh, today. I'm actually in in the Halem. So gotcha. okay. I'm going to be doing. Yeah, yeah. So I'll actually be fishing the Halem today. We have a wild coho opener down here. Um, it's been pretty tough fishing for the wild coho. Just it's, it was real good, real early, and it's kind of those fish. You know, those early fish came and they get in here and they start staging and they they kind of turn off biting. But uh, there were some fresh ones that came across the bar yesterday, so 
I'm going to head down there and give it a run and then see where, see where the day takes me. Nice, man. One of the most beautiful areas on the West Coast oh, is down in that neck of the woods. I just love steelhead oh, fishing man. down there every spring. Now, you and the rest of the gang from Addicted Fishing are going to be doing uh, your your third annual fall bash coming up here at Sport Co. on the 12th. You're going to be talking bobber fishing for kings. Uh, there's going to be a twitching yep. jig seminar and a 360 trolling seminar. Cameron Black's doing that. Uh, what a blast. Yep. You guys got a bunch of prizes to give away. Talk about that a little bit, buddy, and what, what folks might expect oh. at, that, uh, at that great event. You know, these these events are awesome. They're just great for our people, you know, all our fellow addicts. And, it, I mean, it doesn't even have to be an addict, an addict follower. It's just anybody can come out and enjoy this thing. Um, there's great there's great seminars. Uh, Cameron, myself, and Jordan will all be giving seminars. It's a great place to come learn kind of how we fish and um, the different techniques we use. But, the, you know, the other cool part is we have our sponsors who come in and donate all kinds of stuff to give away these things. We're giving away hundreds of prizes. We have a raffle to give away a Hobie 120 um, just for showing up. So you have an opportunity to, to, to win a Hobie kayak. Um, there's just It's just a good time. Come have pizza and drinks, hang out with us, talk fishing learn techniques and and uh hopefully you, you walk away with something and then when you're done you can go buy all the stuff because we're a sport co <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we love that place man and, and, Dude, for and sure. every, every kid that comes in is getting a prize as well too which is super cool yes yep yep and that's a big thing you know we focus on the young angler i think that without our next generation you know we're mm-hmm. uh we're we, we have nothing so it's super important we get these kids outside, and that's kind of what the addicts focus on, focus on the next the next fisherman. And, um, you know, so so it's important we take care of those kids, get them out on the water. And, uh, uh, that's a way to do it. So pretty exciting. It's fun. Tons of giveaways. Super energetic. Lots of stuff. You know, we're always throwing stuff out in the crowd, having a good time. Everybody's loud and having fun. Um, it's something it's something everybody should come check out. Addicted Fishing's Nick Popoff joins us this morning. Uh, com is his guide services website. Now, when you get some rain, right now you're you've you've you got a terminal case, you got a sled, right. and now you you can't wait to get up in your drift boat when those rivers get some water. Yep. And your yep. your particular section of the seminar that's going to happen at Sportco on the twelfth is that bobber fishing drill but it but underneath yep. those bobbers these days that that's a technique that's just evolved so much uh, i mean you know you'll you'll see gobs of eggs you'll, with a shrimp you'll yep. see gobs of eggs with a chunk of tuna belly right or a sardine filet oh, there you go i mean so so yep. what's your stock in trade and what is your 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 potpourri or your your borgeshmord of uh, of baits that you're yeah. going to throw at these critters and how do you how do you switch up how do you develop a game plan for this bobber fishery out of the drift boat once you get some water up in those cricks yeah, so I'm. I mean, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big preparation guy. Number one, so I'm always prepared with everything. Like uh, that's that's one thing I've always felt is, you know, they're never going to buy one thing. They're never going to buy the same egg. They're never going to buy the same. You know, it's not going to be a tuna belly bite all year. So I come with everything. I'm going to have sand shrimp. I'm going to have tuna belly. I'm going to have sardines. I'm going to have tuna belly for my plugs. Uh, I mean, you name it, it will be in my cooler. I promise. Uh, you know. It, <laughs> And I think the most important thing, you know, is is your water conditions. Your water conditions tell you a lot. You know, if we're sitting on low, clear water, I'm probably going to downsize and be using just a little piece of shrimp and a little small beta eggs, you know. But if it's big, off-colored water, I'm probably going to be going a chunk of tuna belly, a big ball of eggs, and some sand shrimp on the end of that, you know. So it's kind of got to let your water determine what, what you're fishing. You can never really get set on one 
technique because I feel like it just bites you, you know. So um, come prepared with multiple different eggs uh, uh, and multiple different baits to put with those eggs. Real quick, you mentioned tuna belly. Where do you source your tuna belly from? A lot of folks up here, you know, might have heard of it, but I know, I know you guys down there, especially on the Columbia and down on the Oregon coast, use a lot of a lot of tuna belly down there. Are you using albacore? What kind of tuna belly are you running, buddy? Yeah, so I, I run albacore bellies, and um, for me, I have a buddy who's a commercial fisherman and mm-hmm. does tuna fishing, so I kind of have that luck. You know, I'm a little bit lucky as that goes, but. You know, they do sell it at the local sporting goods stores down here. Um, it's a little spendy, but it goes a long way. You know, it's a very tough, uh, it's, it's a very tough, uh, meaty, you know, it's the grind of their, basically it's the gristle of their, their you know, uh, their meat. So, um, it, it, but the reason it works so good is because it's so oily, you know, it, it absorbs all that oil down in there. And, and uh, um, that tends to be, at times, man, it's you better have that in your arsenal. And everything likes tuna. Everything. I tell you what, halibut, halibut love oh, tuna. Yeah. Everything, you yeah. know. I, a little I bit, really do believe that. A little bit of pro cure, yeah. bloody tuna, yeah. you know, goes a yeah. long way. Yeah, that, right yeah. on. Yeah, w- w- without question. So check it out. Wednesday, October twelfth, five p.m. Yep. Go check out. Uh, go check this out at at, at Sportco's Facebook page. Uh, over 100 people have already responded and are looking towards the tent, so you better get there early. Seminar start at 5. Cameron okay. Black's going to kick off with 360 trolling. Jordan Knigge twitching for coho, followed by Nikki Popoff float fishing for Chinook. they got pizza, they got yeah, drinks, baby. and and the whole bit. Going to be a really cool event. Again, I, I'm so impressed by what you guys are doing, both on the video front, the instructional end, the product development end, too. Man, you guys are just hit, hit, hitting on all cylinders, man. It's so cool, but Thank you. but it's got to be gratifying for you guys, too, because your, your, your uh, YouTube channel is just absolutely mushroom cloud blown up. Murdering it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's, uh, it's, it's really humbling, you know. It's like... Uh, this is something we've all kind of, you know, we, we all started from basically just this little, you know, Marlon shooting videos with his buddies and yeah. it's just turned into this amazing thing. And, and, uh, we, we want everybody to be a part of it. Uh, you know, hopefully this sets the foundation for the future and like, you know, we, we can do, do big things with this. So well, we're super excited. It's, it's, we want people to come out and hang with us. It's, it's fascinating from our perspective because the internet didn't exist when we started and we, right. we learned by friends, I mean Rob Ensley and I met at the Birds View boat ramp in the late late. We 80s. didn't even have streamflow no. deals on the internet. No. You had to drive up to the river and figure out what's going on, or kind of just no. kind of know it was going to be no, in you, shape. You had you to know? have you had to know the mayor of Lyman, you Chris did, Stormont, man. and now and call Stormy. Hey, what's a crick look like? Yeah. And Stormy would yeah. walk out and and look and no call, cell phones, yeah, no, no nothing. You know, no, it's so different yeah. now. No question um, about it. And and and, and so. There and 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 we're kind of running out of grandpas, and so so many kids coming to the sport. That's all they know is yep. learning how to do it right. on, on YouTube. It just yeah. it's completely changed the way people understand, know about, and learn about angling. Well, and it's a great way to to learn yeah. about anything. Yeah. You, it's all there, and you know, well, Addicted's I, content is so good. That's crazy. We watch and, it all and, the time with the kids at the and, trout well, and the trout fishing stuff yeah. on there. Oh yeah, or too. even how to fillet a salmon, yeah. right? Sure. And, yeah. sure. and yep. the content yep. is so good. And you guys are all such great guys, and it's a perfect way 
It's like, hey, here's your rock stars, kid. Yeah, no kidding. You know, you're, you, yeah. you're into fishing. Here's the guys you follow. Yeah, well, go well, get them, buddy. really cool, man. Well, you, you got to go get a limited co-host for your guys here this morning. We got to let you go. But thank you so much for jumping on. And, and Joe and I are supposed hey. to, we're supposed to take off to go hunting on the 12th. We may actually postpone that just to come down and see you guys, <laughs> So but. If, if you need to work on your deltoids, let us know. We'll come down and load, load your boat up for you, okay? You can roll. Yeah, we can, like it. Yeah, All right, guys. Well, I appreciate hanging thank out. You, come Nick. down to see us, guys. Guys, we All appreciate right. it. Right. Thanks a lot, Nick. Right. Go get him, buddy. Go, yes, go, get, go, go get on the cricky with Nikki Popoff yeah. of Addicted Fishing. Yeah, All right, Nikki. Good All luck, right. man. Go See get him. Nick. We'll talk to you Thank soon. You, brother. Coming up next, Picks of the Week, brought to you by Ray Marine right here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. If there's a more important aspect to learning how to use your your sonar, it's display interpretation. The only way you get to learn your display is spending time on the water. Experience isn't just a teacher, it's the only teacher. And and since we started running Joey, the the, the high chirp as opposed to just a single frequency 200 kilohertz over Puget Sound and down at Buoy 10 and all this kind of stuff. And what we saw on the silver front and you 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 uh, kind of referred to yourself as a as a cat chasing a ball of yarn and how that strategy worked itself up and 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 to no uh small degree drove your effectiveness with chinook yeah but yeah you know you, you just chase those things up and down the water column like a like a fishing video game it is i mean i you know to have that big ray marine back there you know two feet away from my face and be able to see everything so clearly uh, it's fun when we have folks on the boat that don't fish as much yeah. as we do and they they're back there looking at that and they're just, you know, I'll have three guys standing over my shoulder staring at the, the screen <laughs> and it, they want to know like, well, what's that? And, you know, so, and, and I'll be like, well, that's my downrigger, that line right there. Oh, well, what's that little twirly thing up above? Oh, well, that's my flasher going sure. around. What's the thing behind it? Oh, that's my anchovy. It's like, you can see everything so clearly and you, you get to watch these fish come up streakers. We call them look at your gear. Sometimes they eat it. Sometimes they swim away. And I mean, that's the kind of stuff that for you and I, we just, it's like, you know what you're looking at. A lot of people don't really know what they're looking at when they're looking at their finder. One thing that's going to chase your gear in the sound right now for a long, long, long time and may not hit are these coho that are still out here in the sound. You were talking about it before the show, Joe. Guys trolling through a a hundred coho. Oh, my gosh. Marking them all over the sonar, and they just, they're getting to where they're wanting to push up into the rivers. Yeah. There's still a bunch of fish in the sound. We got the driest summer and fall on record mm-hmm. they're gonna still be kegged up in the sound now they're starting to push up in the skagit and then peel up in some of these rivers now but they're still kegged up in the sound how do you get those you, fish to go you gotta how start you to get them to you bite? gotta start to do some different stuff uh you can't just run your squid with your typical herring strip yeah. you better be brining yep. your herring strip in garlic uh like bloody tuna garlic procure yep. and then have some with krill on it and then guys are switching it up they're going to to sardines, or if you can find some tuna bellies up here, a little strip of tuna but, belly. Or Monster Bite from Procure. True. It, Full of yes. amino acids. You, yes. you got to just run, throw yep. the kitchen sink at them yeah. because something's going to trigger a bite. In, in these hatcheries and in yep. these these uh, farm salmon operations over in, in Norway and Finland and all Sweden, all over the place over there, 
they figured out how to trigger that that bite response and how to get those fish to eat because they get toxic in the hatcheries. They get toxic in these in these farm raised environments and they won't eat. So they figured out these amino acids that trigger the bite. And so if you cure your herring in that, it doesn't always work, but I've seen it work many times, especially where I fish in Alaska. You get a lot of boats piled right. up on these fish. They just don't bite. If you cure your, your herring strips or your sardine strips, or, or Nick was just talking about tuna, cure that stuff in the, the aminos, you might trigger a bite. A garlic bloody tuna is another thing to so, try. Just try different scents to get those things to go. So those bite stimulants that you referred to, and, and you, the first time I ever heard the phrase, and this, this, it, it closes the deal. And, and the three Procure products that have that in it are, are the Brina Bite and the Salmon Slammer and the Monster Bite. Yeah, Monster Those, Bite is just the pure, yes. the, the pure yes. octane. Yeah, but the high octane. That's high octane. You don't want to you don't want to put a lot of it on there, but but a little bit. You know, I've seen it work, man. Just, but in, in pressured areas, and yeah. we fish a lot. You know, we've got great fishing in southeast Alaska, but oh, yeah. believe it or not, when you get a bunch of boats in a little shallow bay, Shuts those, them off. It, it'll shut them right off. Yes. But you can trigger them with some of this stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Again, it doesn't always work, but sometimes it's the well, only mo- thing that works. Most of these coho that we were so. catching the the last week we fished, nothing in their bellies. Their stomachs were very small. Yeah, and, and they're they're done feeding, so you definitely have you got to so, trigger that bite. Before we get off this, I just got to say one with it without you know blowing smoke up your tailpipe. You've done such a great job of not only doing sonar instruction, but where where Joey and I are are catching fish and and doing our interpretation there. You've been doing actual video behind the release and showing sonar shots of that too. How has your your underwater videography changed your understanding of, of sonar and how you use it it's hard to say really because i uh, because i've but it's had provided to, an insight it, oh for sure and it, it's provided an insight into those fish that just follow forever yes they just follow 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 yep. and you'll watch them back there they just sit back there and then finally they'll come right up and they take one little like it's like taking a check swing when you're playing baseball. <laughs> they take a little check swing, and it's and, like, oh, I want to hit one. No, and then they pull do, the bat back. And, do they appeal to the third base on yeah, at that point? Like, ah, ah, did, he, ah, did he cross ah. the plate or not? I don't know. But it's kind of a little check swing. And if you can get them to commit on that, one thing I would do if you're running hoochies, I would run those hooks back as far as yeah, you could get them. Yeah. And I would have that back hook trailing back there two, three inches behind that hoochie because yep. they come in and they'll get their nose right in that thing. They want to get a they want to get a yep. whiff of that sucker and see if they if they want to eat it and then they might swim off. But I would run that back hook way back behind that you, you know your main hook in there. That main hook should be at the back of the hoochie and that, that other one should be back about two, three inches. That's one way to get them. And then and put a little blade on it too. You and yeah. I run these Shh. little blades on can't there. Talk about that back of the hoochie well, blade. And you then can't um, talk. That's and then your strips. Yeah. You got to have some scent on there. Number number three, trolling really fast yep. and covering a lot of water. I was and, talking to Bubba last week about how he's catching these coho down the south side. Yep. He's like, man, I'm just covering as much water as, as possible. I'm getting in as front of as many fish as I can and cross current turning, yes, yes. turning, yeah. slow down, speed up. Do you know run your down uh, following the, rips, looking for birds and and running. You, you know. Without you, you got to know when you're running your gear at 50 feet and you're you've been trolling for 10 minutes and you're seeing hundreds of coho on the screen, they're behind your stuff. They are. They're go, looking they're at following. It. You'll go, see them. Go over there and just drop your downrigger 10 feet or bring it up 10 feet. Move it around. Yeah. Sometimes that triggers the but bite. You looked at me like like I was crazy when I mentioned this a while ago. Pick up your gear. Go run someplace. Go look for a rip. Set down, but be ready as soon as you set down. 
with a couple of cup plugs and, and, and drop those down really quick, then put your gear in, and then start trolling. Get those cup plugs underneath that surface disturbance bubbles that you've just made with your – and watch what happens. The bottom right? line is these fish in the sound are going to get pretty pretty tough to they're catch pretty quick. Their, their scales are getting set. Yep. They're ready to go up the rivers, and they're already pushing into some of the rivers. The Skagit in particular has enough water in, to, in it right now. Even though it's really low for the Skagit, they're going to push in there, and yeah. they are. They're pushing in there by the thousands mm-hmm. right now. we got buddies up there roping them. <laughs> It's only open, what, Thursday through Sunday right now. I like the way you started off the Northwest Outdoor Report. Silver, Skagit Silver's hitting, dot, 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 everything. Yeah. No, they're just, (laughs) there's a bait ban on the Skagit right now, which is fine. You don't need bait anyway to catch cohos up there. They hit hardware better than bait anyway. For sure. Uh, But, but man, there's a lot of coho in there. And then the coastal rivers right now, the Sahalis opens this morning. Uh, the very, very, very lower ends of those coastal yeah. rivers right now, the coho are just washing in and out. They're, They're going to be hung in. up down there. They got nowhere to go. They with got no nowhere water. to They're go. They're just going to hang and get yeah. hammered on. But so that that we're you know we've got to get some picks of the week out. It'd be the lower, lower, lower ends of yeah. these coastal rivers right now. Uh, lower end of the Skagit. Still, the sound is still going to kick out some some silvers. Marine Area Ten, Marine Area Eleven. Uh, you're still going to find some silvers in there. Uh, we've got crabbing opening mm-hmm. today here, <clears throat> areas four through nine, and the north end of, of uh, Hood Canal, uh, north of Ayak Point, is going to open. Uh, we got some razor clam digs coming up. We have hunting coming up here too. Uh, muzzle loaders are out in the woods right now. We've got buddies sitting on bulls right now, waiting for shooting hours. Yeah, waiting we're for hoping it to get light enough we're to just shoot. like uh, living vicariously through you guys right now. <laughs> I've been watching my phone here for an update. Well, I, but, I told uh, one of the guys if he kills this morning, he's in a kind of a rough spot to get it out himself i was like give me a call <laughs> oh yeah call. for sure That's i'll a- bail on my my bear hunt to go pack <laughs> i might drive down there with you yeah. sure zach puts that bull down but um uh razor clam digs coming up we've got the general modern firearm opener coming up here the two 15th weeks. you got two weeks to go get your rifle sighted in yeah, i'm gonna be hitting point. the range this week yeah. getting that 6.8 dialed in it's been on i think eight different planes here now <laughs> maybe nine because we flew to alaska too oh, wow. and then all the little planes we've been on yeah. and the bush planes and the cubs and the Cessnas, I mean, it's time to get that rifle back at the range. And you'd, you'd be surprised oh, sure. when you put your rifle mm. away last year and you pull it back out again. What happens in the safe? It's it's less of an issue in this day of, of, of synthetic stocks and free-floated barrels, but it makes a huge difference. But, you know, I have kind of rediscovered the magic and the fun of just plinking. So I got a couple 1022s with the new Vortex. Uh, what's that, what's that uh, scope? Is it the... There, it's a rimfire vortex scope. I can't remember the name of it. But Matt and I went and, and, and ground up half a brick yesterday with 22s. Yeah. And it's just so much fun. But just to get that aim point and just get some trigger time, you know, but nothing beats benching that rifle, making sure it's a zero. But then that's it. Then go get shooting positions. If you're a shooting stick guy, shoot off them. Okay? It, yeah. It, it, you know, I mean, the last way you want to possibly try to shoot a critter is standing, you know, offhand. You know, get steady, get a rest. Well, but you that you way. should practice everything. Absolutely. You should practice For every sure. possible scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to a knee, prone. Yep. If you if you have a bipod on your rifle, that's what I do is I, I set up at the range, I shoot on the bench. Then I just put my bipod up and I shoot with that and just yeah. make sure everything's you know. We do a lot of mule deer hunting. So I've always got something. I've always got a rest or yep. some some uh, folding sticks or something in my pack. Or we've got bipods on our rifles that we've that are always on there because we're taking long shots. Sure. Here on the west side, 
Get good at those offhand shots, you fifty got it, to one hundred and fifty yards, yeah. because a lot of your little your blacktail shots are going to be, oh, there he is, he's on the edge of the break, he just came out of the salal right first thing in the morning, and you have to make a shot right now, and you got to put that animal down because it's so brushy over here. They run off in the brush and you lose them. Yeah, I mean they can run fifty yards, and you know it's you and I've so shot thick. shot offhand. Um, you know it's been. Three Couple or four three, times, yeah, yeah. you know, I shot my bear this year offhand, and it's just sometimes you got deer. it, and and we did you, the mule deer thing. We yeah. shot two of them offhand. Yep, you got to be comfortable shooting offhand, and and it's it's not comfortable for most folks to shoot that rifle offhand. You yeah. want to be steady on something. But. Well, and so bottom line is, get out to the range here. Rangers are getting busy. Uh, get out there and, and, and get your rifles dialed in. If you're a shotgunner, go shoot some trap and skeet right now. Get ready for the, the you know, but there's the west side release sites are already open for pheasants. So get out there and get some practice in. And I, I think with fuel prices, I don't know if as many people are going to be driving to eastern Washington. This blacktail thing on the west side, guys, could be staying at home and just hunting blacktails and not burning up I was so much out, fuel. I was out on the reserve yesterday, and I've, I've been out twice now. I have not shot a pheasant. Um, uh, but I was walking around, and, you know, I got my Browning A5, and I'm like, <laughs> Boy, I hope I if one does get up. After I've been out there Maybe for, you, you know, it. I've been hiking around yeah. for seven miles between the two days. Whatever. Like, I hunted I hope pheasant it, with you last I mean, year. A rooster gets up, he shoots yeah. it off with one hand. He pulls a shotgun up with one hand <laughs> and shoots it. And, I'm like, what? You know, yeah, but that was like a, towards the end of the season. Yeah. I've been Whatever. shooting a lot. That, You're a freak. That, oh, dude. And he hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't cleaned that thing since the pandemic, right? You know, oh. just freaking absolutely dirty. Uh, you mentioned getting to the range. Uh, get on up to the srpa.org, or excuse me, seattlerifle.org. That is uh, the 2022 Hunter sight-in dates. They started last weekend. Today the 1st, tomorrow the 2nd, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. You got range safety officers doing spotting for you. It's 10 bucks per day plus shooter. Bring exact change. They provide targets. Um, it, it's, it's very safety-oriented. You can shoot at 50 and 100, 100 yards. Um, the range is up in Machias. Go to srpa.org or Seattle right Rifle.org. It's the Seattle Rifle and Pistol Club. Hunter site and dates this weekend, next weekend, and, and and October 12th as well. Get out to there, and you're going to get your gun dialed in. you got a, guy, a bunch of guys that are so passionate, not only about safety, but about accuracy. they got spot and scopes all set up. You're going to have a great experience. And it's harder and harder now to find a place to it shoot. Is. When, I, when I was young, we would just drive up into the woods, and you'd shoot. And now a lot of those places are closed because people go up there, and they leave their trash around. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Rifle and Pistol Club is a great facility, and it's just so nice to go sit. They have everything you need, you know, sandbags and bench and just all the stuff. So it's a great spot to take the kids and, and get dialed in. A lot of guys throwing Brad's Wigglers and Wiggle Warts right now, bass style for these cohos in the rivers, and they come with a treble hook. Um, you want to pull that treble hook off of there and run a little bead chain off that belly eye Ooh. with like a 5 aught open eye sidewash hook on there. Yeah. You're going to save a lot of your gear. There's a lot of lumber in these mm-hmm. cranks, especially the lower schedule. You're going to save those plugs. They're so expensive right now. What's a, I mean, what, 10 bucks? Maybe north of that right now, eight, eight to ten bucks. Yeah, Every time you snag up, there goes you know, there goes your lunch money for, Look, man, for my, one day. You know, with what my four hundred one k has done in the last couple couple yeah. weeks, I ain't buying any more plugs. Dude. <laughs> yeah. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So you know, yeah, no well, run one of those little bead chains of breads. A little breads. It's a it's a four bead chain in there. Don't run the big long one with a with a single eye uh, uh, open eye sidewash hook on there. And that's the dirtiest trick in plug fishing because that hook's allowed to rotate. Yeah. It it that swivel. Upon 
upon a swivel upon a swivel not only frees up the plug, but that hook rotates into those mouths. Well, and, and like Rob just, said, you got a lot deal. better chance of sliding yes. that thing over a tree yeah, branch sure. with that single <laughs> hook on there than yeah. the treble hook. That treble hook's on there. Tree branch. It's a grapple. That thing's gone. You pretty much want to pull those trebles off everything, even on For the sure. quick fish. I don't know. I just never had much luck <laughs> on the quick fish, man. I don't know. I like running those big those big uh, open-eye sidewash hooks. Even on quickies, Dude, I'll run those with swivels on them. Down a buoy tan, those double treble hook spinner rings that, that Matt Chandler gave us. Yeah. You run those things behind a flasher. Think about that. You got two treble hooks 20 inches behind a flasher. <laughs> And that rod goes over, man, and it is just nuts. Those, those spinner strikes are are so much. Oh, they're fun. nasty. Oh gosh, yeah. You know, and, and you and, like to get a video on one of those. Yeah, there wouldn't be a whole lot of following going on. It's just no, they come in and just, they just they just put the wood to it. St- I, I mean, I I still can close my eyes and just see those rods fold up, and and, and the rods. Used, the spinner bites are by far the they're the most ferocious bites yeah, you get. Just down there. mushroom cloud, they murder them. Yeah, no question. And it's because about you're it. only you know eighteen to twenty inches behind the flasher. There's no time for them to follow. They're, 25, 30 feet of braid on. Yeah. In, in, well, in a sinker's the no other thing, Talking to Kevin John yesterday up at Holiday Sports is they're they're selling a lot of these flying sea spinners right now. They're oh, super heavy. Yeah. We've That's always got fished Vibraxes. Kind of a, got a little hoochie yeah. looking thing in there, but the Vibraxes are great, but they're really light. So yeah. you got to really give mm-hmm. them some time to fall down and, and they're just real so slow. But with those flying sea spinners, they're so heavy. And, you can, and with the water so low up there, oh, the pockets are sh- they're little, so you yep. got to be able to get, get that get thing in there and fast. get it down. We got absolutely nothing to talk yep. about the rest of the show. It's just going to be boring. So just if I were you, I'd turn us off right now and just you know whatever. Not at all. Mark Uwasa, Regional Roundup, Rob Bensley's Northwest Outdoor Port, Shawnee Campbell, who's Browning Farms Media and Event Manager. She's just an amazing hunter. Of course, Roy Robinson, RVs really were. Stay tuned. We've got a jam-packed chuck-a-block full hour two right here. The Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.